Welcome to our new worship series, Melt Us, Mold Us, Fill Us, and Use Us. We are examining during this series God's work in and through us. During our series, we will be singing our prayer for illumination using the song Spirit of the Living God, but with one small change. We're changing the word me in the song to us so that it's about us as a congregation. It's about us as a church. For example, we'll be uh, singing Spirit of the Living God fall afresh on us. So let us join together in prayer as we prepare to read God's word. Our prayer is led by Tim Anderson. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. We have two scripture readings this morning, and we're reading in them a little bit out of traditional order. Our traditional order would be to, to read the Acts or the Epistle reading first, but we're going to begin with our Gospel reading. Our first reading comes from the Gospel of Mark in the first chapter, beginning at verse 4. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were coming out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you. I am well pleased. Our second reading comes from uh, Acts chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, into what then were you baptized? They answered, into John's baptism. Paul said, John's bapt 
John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Together there were about 12 of them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's an old story about a man named Harry who is hosting a dinner party. We're going to call it this morning the parable of Harry. As he was hosting his dinner party, one of his guests was a skilled surgeon. And as Harry was carving the roast, he he kept up a kind of running commentary directed at his surgeon friend. How am I doing, Doc? Do you like my technique? I'd make a pretty good surgeon, don't you think? After he was done, Harry placed that beautiful platter of, of sliced meat right in front of his surgeon friend. And said, Doc, I don't think you could have done any better. With a twinkle in his eye, the surgeon looked at his friend and said quietly, Harry, anybody can take them apart. Now let me see you put them back together again. When God created, God looked at all that God had created, including men and women, and God said it was what? very good, right? God said everything was very good. But turn on the news, particularly during these last 10 months with a pandemic that has killed nearly 2 million people worldwide, including more than 369,000 people in the United States alone. This past Thursday had the highest daily death toll so far of more than 4,100 people due to COVID-19. With its racial and ethnic disparities affecting our black brothers and sisters at a higher rate than the white population. On the screen, you will see a slide from Friday's Fact and Faith webinar with Dr. Fauci that I attended, showing the disparities between ethnic groups. With, my, white, with murders of Breonna Taylor in Louisville, Kentucky, George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Ahmaud Arbery in Gwynn County, Georgia, and others. Racial unrest, deep, deep political divide in our country. Violence and destruction in our cities. Five deaths, including a Capitol Hill policeman on Wednesday. Regardless of the news channel, radio station, newspaper, or internet site, it's easy to see that everything is no longer so very good. We've inherited the disharmony caused by the consequences of the sin of Adam and Eve and the sin of every human being. And then you know what? We've added our own into the mix. But today's message is not about how God's plan for creation has been taken apart. Tearing down is is relatively easy. 
today's message is about what God has done and what God is doing and what God will do to put the world and humanity back together again. The world was hopelessly bound in sin and God had acted to send prophets. And ultimately, as we have celebrated during Advent and Christmas, God sent Jesus, the Messiah, our Savior, Emmanuel, the Lord, to make a way when there was no other way. That the world might again return to its intended purpose to glorify God when it was created very good. Today is baptism of the Lord Sunday. And it's a day when we see and we celebrate a powerful statement and a major step in God's plan to claim and redeem the world. But it's a day in the Christian year and in our Sunday celebrations that have unfortunately lost much of its importance to Jesus' church. In the early church, this special day was more important than Christmas as the Son of God steps forward to begin his ministry. The baptism of Jesus is an epiphany, a, a sudden and striking realization about who Jesus of Nazareth really is as he comes to the Jordan River and is baptized by John. But Jesus' baptism is also a, a phenophany, a manifestation of God in the world and to the world. As the world was granted an amazing revelation of the Holy Trinity, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All three persons are seen and, and made manifest together at Jesus' baptism. The Father testified from on high to the divine sonship of Jesus. The Son received his Father's testimony. And the Spirit was seen in the form of a dove descending from the Father and resting upon the Son. In Mark's gospel, as Jesus emerges from the waters of baptism, we hear the affirming voice of the Father. You are my Son, the Beloved. With you, I am well pleased. While these words are especially meaningful in our understanding of who Jesus is, they are also words that are spoken to us, to all of us, in our baptisms. The word, you are my son, or you are my daughter, is the declaration that God makes in your baptism. If you were baptized as an infant or in childhood before you had a, a word to say either one way or the other about following Jesus, God still has declared God's pleasure in you. It is a declaration of God's unreserved satisfaction that God's creation is, is not, while fallen, still has the potential the amazing potential to be very good again. You and I, according to the Lord, are part of that great potential. We are of sacred worth. 
You are God's beloved children and creation. The great voice that we hear when baptized is is celebrated in the church is the same voice that was spoken over the centuries whenever mere mortals say the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That phrase has been spoken in the most solemn ceremonies in the highest cathedrals in the world. It's been whispered in services in hidden yet faithful churches in ancient Rome and even in places today where it's illegal to be a follower of Jesus. It's been spoken along riverbanks and by pools at the Y, but also near hospital beds or over small bowls or, yes, even beside large oceans. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit is a phrase that says and promises much, much more than the person saying it can possibly foresee or the person receiving the Holy Spirit can fully comprehend. As pastor, I've been asked from time to time whether baptism should wait to the age of understanding, maybe when a child is 11 or 12 or perhaps even older years old, when a young person can understand and make his or her own affirmation of faith. It's a great question, but it's also one that makes me want to smile. While I appreciate the hope that Uh, A profession of faith will someday be made by every child in the church. I smile at the thought that some coming of age understanding or a chronological threshold by which we will somehow comprehend what God is up to in our baptism. Up in this wonderful business of baptism. How we will be able to understand it or how we will understand it when we're baptized. Even after years of considering and and teaching on the meaning of baptism, I don't pretend to fully understand its mystery any more than I can claim to know the full mind of God. Baptism is more than just a few drips of water and a few mumbled words. Baptism is of eternal importance. But still, baptism is far, 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 far more important than we often acknowledge for ourselves and for others. Baptism matters because it should be a reminder that you are who God says you are, regardless of what anyone else may say about you. Baptism should also instruct you that that your true identity is, no matter even what you may choose for yourselves or what others may claim and ascribe to you. Your true identity is what God has spoken over you. You are mine. You are my daughter's. You are my sons, loved 
unconditionally. But this is but one reason that baptism matters so very much. Scholars remind us that the opening of Genesis on page one of our Bibles is no abstract statement about the origin of the universe. But the once oral history of Genesis was committed into writing around the 6th century BCE. It was at least initially addressed to disparaging people exiled in Babylon. It tells the story of a God who comes to them and who can make them what is good, who can make them good out of what is chaotic and disordered. This, sisters and brothers, is a word just as important for us today as it was eight centuries ago. Today, Scripture still speaks a a passionate declaration that God can be trusted in spite of the contemporary data of disease, racism, injustice, unemployment, loneliness, violence, and war. The opening sentence of Genesis should be read with the emphasis not upon the object of creation. As in, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But upon the subject, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God created. Affirming that God Created and is still in the business of creating and recreating is what separates us from others. We know that nothing separates us from the love of God. Our baptisms affirm that nothing can separate us from this great unconditional love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation. After Jesus was baptized on one bright day, it's hard to imagine that he ever passed the Jordan River without thinking about that day that the skies opened up On a beautiful sunny day just like today. The skies opened up and he heard the voice of God declaring God's love and and confidence. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Today, each of us needs to ask ourselves. Do we identify ourselves first and foremost as the baptized, and the beloved. Above whether we are fathers or mothers, wives or husbands, daughters, sons, pastors, or successful businesswomen or successful businessmen. Who are you above everything else? Baptism is important because we count to God. 
But baptism is also important because it's a visible and verbal sign that we count to the people who stood with us, to the congregation who agrees to support us and to stand with us as the body of Christ. We count to the church. If you did not realize it, you must know that baptism is very personal. But it's never private. The congregational response in the church at a membership service attests to this. First, the congregation is asked, and this is on the screen. Do you as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? And the congregation responds, we do. Next, the congregation is asked, will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? And the congregation responds, with God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. Yes, your baptism is very personal, but it's never private. We might never fully understand the mystery and the blessing that is in our baptism because, you see, God's understanding is so far beyond our own. But when we seek to live in ways that reflect the understanding that we count to Jesus and to one another, and we count in God's plan for the world, the grace that we receive in our baptism continues to melt and to mold and to fill us. By God's grace, baptism more and more helps us to think and to speak and to live and to act in ways that reflect the understanding that we are not our own, but we as baptized ones, we represent the world. We represent to the world Jesus Christ. Baptism more and more transforms stinginess into generosity and narrow-mindedness into thoughtful consideration and even new epiphanies. Yes, even after we're baptized. And yes, prejudice into love. Baptism transforms groups of people into churches and individuals into a family of brothers and sisters under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And church gatherings like this one over the internet and times into times of worship and to praise that grow our connection to God and yes, even one another. Today, we remember we are the baptized. You are the daughters and you are the sons of God. 
but the full meaning of our baptism is still ahead of us. We still don't know all that God has planned for us, for you and for me. As God melts us and molds us, fills us, and uses us. Thanks be to God. We are the baptized. We are the beloved. And we come to the font this morning. Remember your baptism and be thankful. Amen.